Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for the Leadership Podcast today. Hey, I have a meeting that's coming up on September 28th. It's a roundtable that will be in Canton, Ohio. Uh, If you're around the Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia area, I want to encourage you, if you will, to sign up for that. You can go to my webpage at CherylBrooksMinistries.com. The content, the information is gold. It'll help you. It'll inspire you. It will equip you. Also, on uh, October 21st and 22nd is when we have our pastor's conference here in Plano. And um, we're, we're full as far as uh, full registrations where everyone gets everything, but we do have limited registrations. And the content that we're going to share is going to be uh, probably as pertinent as it's ever been for pastors pastoring and leaders leading in the environment in which we're leading right now. So you can go to my webpage again and you can uh, sign up. We'd love to have you here. Uh, that being said, today I want to talk to you about one of those leadership lessons that is always personal uh, and it's always one of those that's a little bit hard to share. Uh, but I've entitled this Leading When Others Get to Leave. Leading When Others Get to Leave. You know, some of the questions that we as leaders ask is, why do I have to be committed when others are not? Isn't that true? I mean, how many times have you been committed and everyone else gets to act like commitment's not a big deal? Uh, why do I have to be committed when others are not? Or how about this? Why do I have to be responsible when others aren't? When other people just say, hey, you know, it's not my job. It's not what I'm called to do. It's not what I'm supposed to do. And yet you've got to pick up the slack. You've got to be responsible. Everyone else gets to pick this little bitty thread of of giftedness and say, this is what I'm gifted at. And anything beyond this, I don't have to do. But when you're the leader, you have to be responsible when others are not. And how about this? Why do I have to show up when others get to leave? I mean, why is that? Why is it that we show up and everyone else gets to leave? And why do I have to lead when others choose not to follow? So those are some of the raw questions that whether you've asked them or not, if you've led for any length of time, you for sure have felt them. Uh, You know, the commitment question, why am I committed and others aren't? The responsibility questions, why do I have to be responsible and others aren't? The show up question, why do I have to show up and everyone else gets to leave? And um, why do I have to uh, lead when everyone else gets to leave? Those are questions. And if you've led... You've thought them, you've probably asked them, but you felt them. Now, um, let me just segue forward and say there are times when you will have to stand alone. It's just the nature of leadership. Uh, There are times when you have to stand alone. Now, what, what that means is leaders get to stand when other people fall back. It was during the Six-Day War in Israel. Uh, Israel was surprised by all the Arab nations literally attacking at one time. They were totally caught off guard. 
um, they were in a total defensive position. But a command went out, and the command went like this. Generals, stand your ground. All others fall back. It's really counterintuitive to most militaries. It's usually privates stand your ground. Generals fall back. But in Israel, they knew that uh, they needed all of their people to be safe and to be repositioned. And if that meant that the generals had to make a stand, then the generals had to make a stand. So leaders get to make a stand when others fall back. And leaders get to give when others give up. I mean, how many times have you been the the greatest giver of time, talent, and treasure? And how many times have you given time, talent, and treasure when, when other people have given up giving their time, talent, and treasure? Leaders get to give when others give up. And it's not just that. Leaders get to care when others don't care. I don't know where that phrase came from, but it seems like next to saying no— that's what a kid will say. Their next sentence is, that's not fair. And then when they become a teenager, their sentence becomes, I don't care. And so where where did that get? I walked into uh, a store and I was trying to do a transaction and I looked at the individual behind the counter and I said, hey, uh, I'd like to do this. You know, is that all right? And he looked at me and he said, they don't pay me enough to care. And I thought to myself, how much do you have to get paid before you care? How much do you have to get paid before you care about your job and how you do your job? So leaders get to stand when others fall back. Uh, Leaders get to give when others give up. And leaders care when others don't care. And leaders believe when others just get to stand back and question. Boy, isn't that true? Everyone else gets to throw questions at you and you just have to believe. Boy, isn't that true right now in our current environment, our current society? You've got to be the face of faith and everyone else gets to have all these uh, questions that they have and they're trying to figure out how to answer all these questions, but they're not believing and you are believing. And leaders are strong when others get to cry. I remember walking into a room and it was just one of those tragic moments. So many people were out in the hallway and they were literally in tears. My wife and I walked out and she looked at me. She said, when do we get to cry? And I said, after everyone else is finished. We had to be strong for them. We had to be strong. And then leaders are disciplined when others get to play. Boy, I can't tell you how many times everyone was saying, hey, I'm going to go do this or I'm going to go do that. And I knew I had to go study. I knew I had to go pray. I knew I had to go prepare. So there are times when a leader will stand alone. They're going to have to stand when others fall back. They're going to have to give when others give up. They're going to have to care when others don't care. They're going to have to believe when others get to question. And they're going to have to be strong when others cry. And they're going to have to be disciplined when others get to play. But what I can tell you is, in your ministry and in your journey, this is true. Every leader has faced times alone. 
there's no good leader who has done something meaningful, who didn't have moments where they felt like they were alone. And there's never a time that a leader is sort of in a position where there won't be moments where they face time alone. Let me just give you some obvious ones. How about Jesus in the garden? Remember Gethsemane? He's in the garden there. It's about to unfold that he's going to be crucified. He asked his disciples if they could pray, but they couldn't. And he's out there all alone with the weight literally of the world on his shoulders. And he feels it. Why? Leadership can be lonely when you realize the cost. See, leaders realize the cost. I've said it for years. If leadership looks easy, it's because someone else paid the price. So if you're looking around saying, man, this leadership thing is is easy, someone else paid the price. Leadership can be lonely when you realize the cost. And when it's free for others, it's because there was a leader who stepped in and said, I'll pay. I'll pay. So Jesus was alone in Gethsemane. How about Joshua in the promised land? He's never really been the first guy. He's never been the individual that stood first, but now he is. He's out there and he's looking at Jericho, a city that the original spies, remember the 12 came back and they said they have cities that are walled up to heaven. Well, that was Jericho. The walls were so thick that we know in history that they had chariot races on top of them. And, and people built their homes in them. That's what Rahab had done. And so as a result of that, he's out and he, in Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, is all alone. And all of a sudden he looks up and he sees a man prepared for war. And it's a pre-incarnate visitation of Christ And he doesn't recognize it. He says, are you with us or against us? And he said, neither. Boy, isn't that encouraging? You're seeing Jesus and you ask the question, are you with us or against us? And he says, neither. And it was because there was a different question. It's not whether he's for us. It's whether we're with him. And see, leaders face alone time when they have to align their hearts to God. They have to make sure that they're with God. It's not a question of God being with us. It's are we with him? And Moses at the burning bush, he was all alone when this was happening. Moments of questioning when you're not sure what to do. Now, we look back at all the five questions that Moses asked and we just sort of scratch our head. But those were his questions. And what I can tell you is, if you're a leader, you have your questions. You have questions that you're feeling. You have questions that you're facing. And at times, you feel alone with your questions. And you feel alone when you're struggling for confidence. And you're thinking, hey, if if I do this, I'm not sure I'm confident. 
and therefore how could others be confident? In Joseph in Genesis 37 verse 5, when he dreamed, you know, at first he was so happy about his dream, but, but when you have a dream, a lot of people will leave. They won't support the dream. And for many leaders, they found out like Joseph that there's a time when your dream will feel like a nightmare. And that's what Joseph is doing. And then in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 17, Paul in Arabia. Remember, Paul talks about these 14 years that he's out there. And it says that he knew no one of any repute. He's just saying, hey, I, I used to be with Gamaliel. I used to be with the Sanhedrin. I used to have access to all the big rooms. Now I'm out here in Arabia. And I don't have access to anybody. I'm alone. And how do you think Abraham felt when he was waiting on Isaac to come? 25 years of walking in faith when everything would seem to be impossible. Well, all of those are leaders facing time alone. Jesus in the garden, Joshua before Jericho, Moses at the burning bush, Joseph as he has this dream. We have Paul in Arabia. We have Abraham when it comes to Isaac. And I didn't even mention Jacob wrestling at night alone with the angel. Everybody has these moments. But let's take it forward. How do you keep leading when you feel like everyone else is leaving? And how do you keep leading when you feel alone? When you feel all by yourself, you feel isolated. You feel like no one knows, no one cares, no one understands. It's all on you. There is nothing else. How do you keep leading? I think Paul gives us a great illustration. And we see this in 2 Timothy. In chapter 4 of 2 Timothy, Paul is writing some of his last words before he's going to give his life for the gospel. And he's out there, and some of the things he does, I think, give us some insight into what we need to do. So in verses 12 and 13, he makes this statement. He says, can you bring me the books and the cloak that I have left? He says, will you bring me the books and the cloak? So when you feel lonely, here's one thing. Don't grow stagnant and stale. See, when Paul asked for the books, he was wanting to learn. And one of the things is turn lonely times into growth times. Just turn lonely times into growth times. He said, send me the books. He said, send me the cloak. I mean, you get the, the imagery here. He's going to wrap himself up in his coat and and he's going to read the books, and, and he's just going to dive into them, and he's going to get more clarity and more thought. And so during alone time, what you do is you don't grow stale and stagnant. 
You turn lonely times into growth times and you find things that ignite your heart. You just find things that explode your heart. A story that just explodes. A verse that just begins to ignite. A song that begins to inspire. A memory that just encourages. So when you feel alone, don't grow stagnant and stale. In verse 16, he makes this statement. He says, no one stood with me. He says, during this time, he's going to stand before Caesar. He's going to preach the gospel. But as he's preaching the gospel, um, no one's going to be there because everyone knows the consequence of this. If Caesar doesn't believe, it's over. Paul's done his ministry. He's preached the gospel at the highest level of the national structure of that day. But now, if he doesn't respond, it could be thumbs down, which it was going to be. But thumbs down usually meant that whoever was with that individual, it would be thumbs down for them. So no one stood with him. No one stood up to be a testimony of faith. No one stood up to be an example of faith. No one stood up to be uh, a voice of faith. And when leadership is lonely, Paul teaches us, don't grow hard and don't grow angry. Just because you're alone and no one's standing with you, don't grow hard and don't grow angry. Angry. If people hurt you, forgive them. If people disappoint you, love them. Because Paul went on to say, he said, no one, no one stood with me. But he said, God, don't lay it to their charge. Don't hold it against them, God. See, what he was saying is, I may be alone, but I don't have to be angry. And I don't have to be unforgiving. And I don't have to live with disappointment. I'm just going to turn around and I'm going to realize this is where I'm at. But at the same time, I don't want the charge laid against them. But in verse 17, it says, but the Lord stood with me. See, don't forget your source and your strength. Don't forget your source and your strength. Your source isn't you. Your source isn't others. Your source is bigger than that. Your source is the Lord. You're never really alone. And you're never really helpless because he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always with you. And he is your help and he is your helper. And so you see the sequence. Don't grow stagnant and stale. Keep learning. Don't grow hard and angry. Don't keep an account. Don't forget your source and strength. But also... In verse 17, he says, and the Lord stood with me by the preaching of the gospel. And this is important. When you're all alone, don't forget your purpose. Just don't forget your purpose. 
Don't let the feelings of loneliness uh, sidetrack you from your purpose. So don't let feelings of loneliness sidetrack you from your purpose. Don't lose sight of what the attack is really about. When you're looking at everyone else leaving and you're all there by yourself, the easiest thing is to say, well, what I'm doing doesn't matter. It's not important. It's not big. It's not this. It's not that. But here's the truth of the matter. It is important. And your purpose is your purpose. And you proclaim and you preach and you preach and you proclaim. You declare openly and boldly that he is God and there is no other. So don't grow stagnant and stale. Don't grow hard and angry. Don't forget your source and strength. Don't forget your purpose. But then he concludes in verses 19 through 21, and he begins to list some names, names like Priscilla and Aquila. And the whole premise is this. Don't forget others when you feel alone. See, when you feel alone, you need to remember there may be other people who feel alone. So the first thing is when you feel alone, don't do to others what they've done to you. But do find a way to be an encouragement to other people. Leading when other people get to leave is not easy. It can be demoralizing, but it is a part of leadership. Because as we've walked through examples biblically, every leader from Jesus forward and Jesus backwards has led during lonely times. But just remember, follow Paul's example. Don't grow stagnant and stale. Don't grow hard and angry. Don't forget your source and strength. Don't forget your purpose and don't forget others when you feel alone. I hope this helps you and I hope it's something you can utilize as uh, maybe a guide rail for your life because God's hand is upon you and you need to understand that God's never left you. He's never forsaken you and God will perform his will. It's what Paul said, I'm confident of this very thing. The work that he's begun, he will complete. And I'm so proud of you that you haven't given up working for God because God hasn't given up doing a work in you. I want to remind you again, September 28th, Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, join us for the roundtable in Canton, Ohio. Also, October 21st and 22nd, uh, limited registration. You can come and hear some great, great leadership that I think is going to be more pertinent and practical than it's ever been. So join us. You can study all our resources, geraldbrooksministries.com. Please go there and take a peek at it. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.